This is Rob Lamoth from Cross Country Driver, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm so I'm always surrounded by guitars. Jesus, That's all right. Yikes. So, let's just we'll jump right in then. Thanks, like I said, thanks for joining me. For those yeah. not familiar, as I was not until I got this from John, uh, can you tell us the give me the two sentence boardroom pitch for cross country cross country driver? Uh, well, let's see. It's uh, it's cross generational, cross continental kind of journey back through my family stories and uh imaginings probably how's that 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 works i've only heard uh, a man with no direction absolutely love it it's kind of got that organic heavy americana vibe to it and i really loved it oh that's really interesting you say that because that was our starting point um i don't know if we put it in those words but when when james harper first reached out to me we talked about um, like Almond Brothers and Archangels and Badlands, right? Um, but we also talked about like James Taylor and you know, kind of my earlier kind of singer songwriter influences. When you mentioned Badlands, um, are we talking about the Jakey e. Lee Badlands? Oh yeah! Oh my God! One of my favorite bands ever. My well, I mean Ray is for sure one of my top three like rock singers yes. ever, ever, ever for sure. And then Jake is. I we we grew up in the same city of San Diego. We were in kind of rival bands, and um, I think he's yeah. criminally underrated. Agreed, agreed. Uh, yeah, honestly, and I saw him play with Badlands live a bunch Me of too. times. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And like they just killed it. Ray nailed every note that I ever heard him yep. do, and uh, Jake just on fire. What a like blues riff master on guitar wow yeah. like so far beyond blues i mean that's almost oh yeah but no, you know when like I, when i name like you know my top favorite guitarist if anybody ever asks he's always in that list and it surprises a lot of people but i think he's very criminally underrated i i completely agree you know he, obviously he got known playing with ozzy and um i mean he's to me he's one of the best guitar players ever he would Even be the in my, my top five. stuff was good yeah yes yes Ah, the guy's a killer. Yeah, just a killer. Yeah, love Sorry, it. I'm off on a tangent. I didn't mean to get you off of uh, <laughs> cross no, no, whatever. I, but yeah, no, just it's interesting the way you sort of sum that up and ask me for the 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 two minute pitch or the two sentence pitch. And yeah, sort of you know starting in that Americana, uh, but then it just got heavier. I asked my son, who is who's a killer drummer, who's on I think eight uh, out of the eight or nine out of the 13 i think he's on nine out of the 13 songs on this on this cross-country driver record and he you know when we when we were developing the songs i invited him in uh just here in my little studio at home and um the songs just got way heavier from there i wish you heard more of the songs because uh there's a new single came out yesterday called rio tolerosa Mm-hmm. which actually has Mike Mangini from Dream Theater on drums. Oh, nice. And it's it's another kind of heavier 
I mean, we only get so heavy. I don't think we're heavy metal as far no. as I know. <laughs> no, and I mean, I'd say heavy music, maybe, not heavy metal. I'm with you on that, yes. So you mentioned guest uh, guest appearances. I can't let this go without probably one of my favorite musicians and the nicest guy I've ever met in my life, Mr. Doug Pinnock. How did he get involved <laughs> in this? Doug is the best. Oh, my God. You know what's funny? I'll tell you how he, how we, he got involved, but first, if I could just tell you, like, when he sent us his bass tracks, it was like, oh, there's something wrong with these tracks. Like, they don't sound like anything we've ever heard. Like, both James and I, we both said that. Right. We were going to, like, lay them into our into our tracks with, you know, drums and vocals and guitars. We sent him all that stuff, and I sent him all the lyrics so he could join in on harmonies if he wanted to, and he did, which was so great. But then when we laid the bass into the track, then it was like, oh, that's the tone. <laughs> but on its own, it sounds so unusual. And we were like, is this unusual in a good way? But as soon as you laid it in with drums and guitars, the guy's a master. Yeah, he knows what favorites. he's doing. Yeah. And so, again, I'm going to use the same word, criminally underrated. Yeah, King I agree. Greg should have been huge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Agreed. And, and, you know, that and that like that band is such a huge influence on so many. Everybody. Right. So many players, so many singers, writers. Yeah. So many bands. I mean, one of my favorite albums of all times is uh, Gretchen Ghost in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Just a wild record. concept album. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, um, anyway, yeah, going so, back how you got them involved. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, no problem. So. You know, when we when James and I first started talking about um, so, first of all, I was contacted by this guy, James Harper, who I didn't know in the, you know, heading into the pandemic times and knowing that I wasn't going to be doing as much in my studio uh, with, you know, with bringing people in to record. And this guy reaches out to me. Hey, can I send you some song ideas? You want to maybe record a couple of songs? And I was like, oh, sure, send them to me. And then I really liked what he sent me. And it was mostly like acoustic guitar, kind of Americana, kind of right. strummy, but then with some cool riffs. I'm like, I like the way this guy plays acoustic guitar. And then, you know, flash to a couple of years forward, and it's 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 a much heavier record than, than right. that first stuff he sent me. But he said, um, you know, he said, hey, I know that you know, you know, some good uh some good players and some some good people and and james said i know some good players and people maybe we could you know get get some guest people in to play drums and bass and keyboards and stuff and right. and um and yeah i don't know how he had that connection to to doug um but he, that was one of the names he mentioned when we were kind of starting to listen to some other music and talk about music that we loved and and we did again it was you know badlands king's x of the kind of newer stuff right and then like i said allman brothers archangels i don't know if you remember that band from uh, texas it was two of the guys that were in stevie ray vaughn's band oh, the drummer and the bass player and then it was uh doyle bramhall uh who now plays with clapton and roger waters and uh he's a killer singer and then charlie sexton uh, is, was the other guitar player singer kind of i don't want to call it an all-star band but a ridiculous ridiculously talented band and um so those were kind of our starting points but we did talk about if we could get anybody to play who would we get and we talked about mike mangini who james thought he could get a hold of because they he's got friends in common you know and mm -hmm. um 
And then we talked about Greg Chason from Badlands, who we got on a couple songs. Right. And uh, yeah, and Doug Pinnock. And it ended up we got everybody, you know, Vivian Campbell from from my old band, The River Dogs, right. with somebody else we talked about, a great singer and a great guitar player. Like, oh, how can we bring these people in? And and Rhonda Smith, who was playing with Jeff Beck just up until Jeff Beck just passed away. Right. Uh, bass player. She played on a couple of songs and just a few names. Yeah. So, you know, it was like our wish list kind of. And I've made a couple of records. I learned a bunch of years ago that, um, you know, if you ask people quite often, if the music's good. Right. They'll 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 be interested. And I don't know if we've over those years, I, I don't know if I've ever. You know, I don't reach out to everybody that just pops into my mind, but, right. you know, and you meet a lot of people when you're making records and when you're playing and, and all that, you know, and I've been in it, in it for a long time. So, right. yeah, we just, we have some friends and then friends of friends and we got to really make the record we kind of dreamed of in those first conversations. That's great. Yeah. So uh record comes out on March 17th. Are you guys planning on doing anything uh, live with it? You know, we are, We've let the label know that we're up for live performances. Um, I've got another album that I co-produced and I play guitar on, and that comes out March 24th. Oh, wow. And that's for an amazing singer named Logan Stotts. It's S-T-A-A-T-S. And he's here based um, based just up the river for me, actually, up the Grand River, about 45 minutes. But his record's coming out, and we've already got uh, you know, we got a bunch of shows lined up, so that'll probably be my spring into summer. <laughs> hey there, little pooch. <laughs> Sorry, they're usually pretty quiet, and they have been all day. Yeah, no, I know how that. I know how that is. Um, but anyway, my summer, spring, summer, and fall is going to be uh, doing a bunch of festivals in Canada uh, and and some touring that we're that are, we're, are, are kind of in discussion right now. So, but I imagine that, you know, if frontiers says, Hey, do you want to do this festival in Europe and this other festival uh, a week later that we would, uh, that we would say yes and build some shows in between it, right. In between those two things. So that's the kind of thing that could happen. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm super busy. I work for a film and television production company and that keeps me super busy nowadays. Right. But, you know, Hey, I'm part of two records that I'm really proud of right now and just going to see where it all goes. So yeah, there's no, there's no, um, there's nothing that would limit us um, doing some shows. If there was something cool that came up, we were like, yeah, that, that fits. That fits right. into the schedule. I guess right? it has to make sense though. Right. Because touring got to be extremely difficult nowadays as a as opposed to the way it was yeah and the truth is, is it's expensive you know right. like that's the other thing i mean it's great uh you know you can get amplifiers and guitars in other countries like right you know i have a couple of endorsements that that are really helpful as far as that but you know uh it's still expensive it's just expensive to get anywhere and it's not like james is you know james is in boston on the east coast I'm above Buffalo here, and Xander, my son, who played drums on the record, he's about an hour from me in a right. big city called Hamilton. Um, but, you know, it, I think it's 
the probably the best chance is the scenario I laid out, which was if there was a festival and Frontiers has a couple of their own that they put on, right? So if there was something that they were doing, they were like, Yeah, we'd love to get you here, and then we could build some gigs around right. a festival or two, then I think that would be the most likely scenario. No one's gonna make a bunch like we're not gonna make any money doing that kind of touring. Right. It's not really about that anymore. It's about like, can you sell some some CDs, some T-shirts, some hats. I've made more money, you know, in the last ten years. Like when when I I haven't been to Europe since 2018, but um, you know, I come back with more money. It's not a it's not a boatload of money, but I've done better in the last decade than uh, you know previously because. Well, for one thing, I had a band, you know, based in the Netherlands. And, you know, so they were, I didn't have to fly a whole band over. So, you know, you find ways to, you find ways to do it. And then if you can, I've now got a a, a guy that I work with, uh, who's my tour manager and basically tour promoter in, in um, he's in the, in the Netherlands, but he connects me, you know, in the UK and in Germany, you know, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, we, we got a small little kind of, uh, business going where he's working the t-shirts and the bone, you know, the, the special edition, limited edition CDs. And while I'm up there playing and then I come home with a, with a bit of a little bit of money, which is right. amazing. And, you know, when I was on a major label with river dogs, you know, you get some great advances back in those days, the early nineties, you know, we got, you know, merchandise, merchandising advances and I got publishing advances and all that. But then we never made any money as a band. It was just, you know, Vivian, the guitar player, had like giant, you know, racks of guitar things that had to get shipped everywhere, you know, like right. guitar, you know, rigs that are huge. They're six feet tall. And like that, that costs a lot of money to move that kind of stuff around. So, oh yeah, yeah now you got to be a little, little more fluid, a little more light on your feet. And <laughs> well, I mean, it, it makes it easier too with all those, uh, the new technology as well, like the, the modelers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's a whole other world. And I just, I've got a, this amazing handmade boutique amp, a, a guy in uh, British Columbia, Canada made it for me uh, a couple of years ago. And it's amazing, you know, and it's beautiful. I'm just looking at it right now. It's a uh, 35 Watts and it's like, God, it's such a great amp. I've played on so many recordings now with it, but like, I wouldn't want to ship that thing across the ocean. No. You know, <laughs> I want to keep right. it here. <laughs> I don't even think I want to do local gigs with it anymore. I was thinking about that the other day because it's just, you know, it's too special. Yeah, it's just, yeah, and just to cart something like that around, like kind of a once in a lifetime amplifier. I think I'm going to just keep it at home now and use it for recordings. But yeah, right. the technology with the uh, the mod, you know, amp modelers and cabinet modelers. And the way they can model the effects now, I mean, it's crazy. It's insane. It's it's wild. So I've got a, a just in the last couple of months, I've got a fractal audio uh, FM3. Yeah. And, you know, geez, the, 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 the number of possibilities, I'll never even be able to, to even check out all the possibilities of what I could, what I could do with it. But, you know, it's like this big. Yeah. <laughs> it's like carried on the plane with you. Literally, yeah. get a little soft case for it. No, here's my yeah. rig. <laughs> so earlier you mentioned that you guys are, you know, 
geographically apart from each other. How, how did that uh, play into the recording? Were you ever able to get into the studio together and write, or was it mostly technology? The, yeah, no, the writing all happened uh, virtually. Um, and, and it was great because James, when he was sending me the, uh, these ideas, there wasn't verses or choruses. It was just kind of parts, you know, three or four or five parts. And I said, hey, can I like, can I chop these up? And like, can I decide that this is the verse or this is the chorus and it might not be what you were thinking? He's like, oh yeah, sure. So that was really great because then we could, you know, I could try some stuff out and sing to it and send it to him and he could tell, let me know what he thinks. And then I could bring in Xander on drums and then we could stand with, you know, me on electric guitar and him on the drums. And we just right. look at each other, we get our headphones. And then, then we really kind of arrange the, these parts into songs for it, with doing that in the same room together. I don't think I would have, I don't think it would be the same if, if I hadn't been able to spend all that time developing those arrangements with a drummer. Right. And, I think you're right. And we've talked about this a lot on the show. I think there's a sort of organic, maybe more honest kind of recording that comes out of that where you're in the pockets and a little bit of sway here and there, as opposed to, well, let me get this right with, you know, my digital whatever. Yeah, which is so easy to do. I've, I've been using Pro Tools since 2000, right? So I'm 23 years into it. It's it's right. just, I don't even think about what I'm doing. I'm doing all these shortcuts and I don't even realize I'm right. doing them, right? But also, yeah, you it's so easy to get everything to a grid that um and that you can some you can save time. Then I could save, you know, Xander coming out here with his right. driving out here an hour, setting up his drums. We mic'd everything up. However, if but, you did that, this sort of music, especially I think this sort of organic sort of music would suffer from it if he had it too. I agree. Yeah. That's why I'm, you know, I hadn't really kind of thought of this, but um, I don't know that we would have even ended up making a record if I couldn't have spent that time with a, with a drummer in the room, rocking out. Right. You know, um, but I talked feeling... to a lot of people that definitely don't do that at all. I mean, there's a, a yeah. trend where, you know, they're clear across the globe and just sending stuff back and forth. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is when we, when we, when Xander and I got together, we, we did on just about every song. Um, then it gave me, you know, then I played differently, obviously with a drummer right. in the room and we, we weren't playing to a click and I was just quickly figuring out what the guitar chords were that James had started with. Cause I don't, you know, I, 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 I didn't write a lot of the music right. on this, right. I was mostly utilizing his great ideas. Mm -hmm. But then I would just learn my simple version of his guitar thing. And then Xander and I would just rock out. And then we could feel right. where it flows and where it goes. And where, and he and I, we, we played together his whole life, literally, because he's my kid. And I mean, he's 30 now, but, uh, but we, we would feel things in the same way. And then I, when, when that happened, I'd be like, okay, we're on the, on the right track here, right? right? And then we would lay the drums down and then it was like, okay, now we got our starting point. And then, you know, then James would uh, record his, you know, final guitars, his real guitars to, right. to the drums, not to a, not to a click track. Right. So you're so, are you a musician? Uh, I you played, play? for, you know, I played in high school and on and off here and there, but yeah, not really seriously. No, but, but in, you've, you've played enough to know what I'm talking about. Yes, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously you talk to a lot of musicians. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I'm not knocking anybody. If if it works for you and it it fits, that's great. But I don't think that sort of model fits for every sort of genre. I agree. And for rock, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can get the swagger and the swing and the, the realness. Yeah, that the anticipations and then the when you're behind, you know. Right. How do you get that? I don't know. I, you know, sure, someone could send me a track and I could play guitar to it, but um, that's not the same. Yeah, it's, I'm, and I'm sure some people are really, really good at it. Maybe yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it works for can... some people, obviously. I mean, there's, yeah, making, you know, selling millions of records doing that, but I think it, yeah. it may be band dependent or maybe genre dependent. I don't know. Yeah, or, or some combination of the two. I, I we did get to play, um, so maybe two months ago, we uh, James drove up here from Boston, and we did like uh, we did the music video for A Man with No Direction. Mm-hmm. We did a live off the floor version of the single that came out yesterday, Rio Tolerosa, uh-huh. which we'll probably release in the next week or so, I think. And it's just uh, us live off the floor with acoustic guitars. Nice. And Xander's playing like a djembe drum, you know, the wooden. Or no, he's playing a cajon. Oh, okay. No, sorry. He is playing a djembe. Sorry, okay. I couldn't remember which one he used. But um, and then my friend Justine Fisher's on electric bass. But it's just us kind of in a circle playing. And then we also shot some interview, like uh, well, more like conversations between James and I about how the band got started, where we were coming from, kind of when we met up. And uh, and then the next day we did a photo shoot. So in a day and a half, we got to really spend a lot of time. James and Xander and I t- uh, specifically together and just creating, right? Because we hadn't done that all in the same room before. So right. it was really great to do that. And again, I hadn't, th- it's funny because we were having this conversation. I hadn't really thought about where would this record be if I hadn't had a drummer to to really find the arrangements for the songs with. And I don't know if we ever would have actually made a record because we just started out you want to just record a couple songs? Okay, sure. Right. And then it was like, we really liked when we finished one, it was like, oh, this is great. Let's do another one. And then at some point we were just thinking like, should we just make a record? Let's just make a <laughs> record, you know, right. whatever that means nowadays. Let's make an album. And we never talked about, we. well, we did discuss, maybe we'll just release it ourselves. We didn't know what we would do with it. Right. But I ended up sending it out to some of my friends in the music biz and and people whose ears I trusted, and one of those sets of ears I trusted was uh, Nick Peter from Frontiers. He's like their North America. Uh, I think he's the manager for North American operations or something. Huh. And um, and he, I just said to him, "Hey, any suggestions?" I really thought the re- our record would be too self indulgent, probably for Frontiers. And like a couple of days later, we got a. A letter, you know, an email from their business affairs saying, "Hey, we want to sign you to a record deal." And we were huh? just kind of laughing, like, "Oh shit!" I wish you. I, I'm sorry you haven't heard more of the album, just because it would be. Uh, it would be. I'd love to hear what you think. I, I again, I went and kind of looked through some of your right. Uh, listen to some of your podcasts, and you know, I, I see how you interact with musicians. That's why I thought maybe you were a, a player, right? So. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to maybe t- have a chat with you again, maybe just by email, just yeah, to yeah, get a sure. feeling yeah, about the record. I think John will probably send it to me when it's, uh, I mean, he may have, you know, I, I get tons of emails. I don't even get to get through them all. It might still be in there, but right. all I had was the single for this one. And, right. 
but yeah, I dig it. So what are you guys uh, you going to be writing again or continue to writing or that, that sort of thing? And that's the game plan, right? Just maybe September or fall touring. I think that's probably our most likely scenario. I always see that I quite often I've ended up in Europe in like October, November. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just seems to be when the gigs are over there. I've never thought that out loud before, but it's kind of true. But so knowing that we'll, because in Canada, we're, where are you? I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay. So I'm up here, you know, 50 minutes north of Buffalo. And right. and touring, you know, can really be precarious in the winter up here, right? And, oh, yeah, I you know, so. Where you can't get from one city to the next because of the weather. So um, I imagine with Logan, we'll probably, again, do, uh, we're going to start playing shows the 19th of March. And then I imagine we'll be pretty busy and, you know, into the heading into fall. Right. And then that might be the time uh, that that maybe a trip to Europe is going to make sense, which is probably where a cross-country driver would go, if anywhere, because... And that makes sense, too, right, because Frontiers is pretty, they're pretty much based over there, right? Yeah, they're based in, in Milan, Italy. Yeah, that's kind of there. And and most of my career, the the vast majority of my career has been in, in Europe. I've probably toured over there probably close to 30 times now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, people don't know, like, people in Canada, they don't know me as, like, uh, they know me as, well, I'm pretty unknown here, but they might know me for, you know, playing uh, some guitar for, for Logan. I've been playing with him for about six years. And my son is the drummer in that band as well, which is very convenient. Yeah. Um, but um, I've probably been playing with him for seven years. Wow. But I haven't really kind of pursued my own thing here because Europe has always been there for me. And by Europe, I mean really, well, the UK, which is now not part uh, of Not Europe, Europe right. <laughs> right. But, you know... Spain and Sweden and uh, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, you know, uh, those are kind of my my go to's over the over many, many trips. So that's kind of been my my real musical base, actually. So that's the most because Frontiers is also based in Italy, then that it makes sense that that would be the most likely. Right. And I think festivals, too. I think they have their own festivals as well, don't they? They do, yeah, and, and you know, cross country driver. It's like the, it's like the river dogs. You know, like we we did more in Europe as well, as far as uh, kind of catching on over there, and you know, that's why River Dogs never did a U.S. tour, even with our first album. It was so much. It was so expensive then to tour. I think you that's know? historically been the case, though, right? In the heavy music scene, maybe maybe not heavy metal exclusively, but the heavy scene, there's always better there in like South America, more so yeah. than it does here in the U.S. For some reason, yeah, it's tough, man. If a band wants to like tour, they got to be, you know, I'm not talking about Metallica, but like <laughs> they yeah, got to have money, have money right? behind them, or they got to be ready to. And my son Xander has done it with his bands since he was a teenager you know five guys driving and sleeping in the van with the equipment you know like a 12 passenger van and sleeping on people's floors that's how they've toured yeah that's it there's no glamour no no No, it's not like the uh the mid 80s when everybody was in a tour bus and selling out everywhere yeah exactly that was a different world then (laughs) that is all i've got did i miss anything you want to cover 
No, no, this is great. I mean, for for a guy that has just heard the one song, this this is a great conversation. So thank you for that. You you're 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 good at this. Thank you. I've been doing it for a while. I enjoy it, and you know, and it's real. I I like I kind of do it because I enjoy the music and I enjoy discovering new stuff and finding new people and just chatting. Right. I Amazing. mean, we talked about cross country driver maybe a little bit, but we were just talking. And I yes, think exactly. it's, best. it's just a conversation. And while I do have notes, we didn't touch on half of it because right. it's more real, I guess. Yeah. Organic. You've Organic. used that word. I don't want to keep using the same word again, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers. <laughs> that was great. Thank you, Bruce. Yep. Be well. I want to, I want to, I want to chat with you when you've heard the album. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Be well, my friend. Thank you All for right. taking the time. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity, Bruce. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.